We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. This is the fourth episode tied to the conversation I had with Sam and Lauren on Friday, August 27th. If you've not had a chance to listen to the three previous episodes of A Copper Penny for Your Thoughts, please do so prior to hearing this one. And if you are new to the podcast and want to learn more about Sam and Lauren's life with Evan, please go back and search for all the episodes of A Copper Penny for Your Thoughts since this is our 16th episode release with them. When we were in the hospital one year, Evan had a really bad seizure. And I remember a mom, a fellow mom, who had a child with a genetic disorder. Her son ended up having a really bad seizure, which ended up starting the decline for him. Like that seizure just took a little bit more and more away from him. And they ended up taking him home um, and just letting him be loved on and at home. Um, And he ended up passing like a month later from that hospital stay, but we were there, they had left. And like within a week later, we ended up in the hospital and with the same type of seat, like with a seizure that we weren't sure what was gonna happen. And I remember doctors coming in the room being like, do you wanna take him home? And I was like, what are you talking about taking him home? Like, I've already, like, I don't, I don't know what this is gonna look like. I don't wanna take him home. Like, I want you guys to have the answers. I want you to fix this. And I remember she walked up there with her child being at home after being at the hospital and the intensivist walked in. She was very like calm, cool. Like, I'm here for you. You tell me what I need, you need. And I'm like, why are you not at home? And she's like, I needed a break. I'm here for you. What do you need? And the doctor walked in and he immediately started crying because she, he saw her and was like, and he felt bad. He felt all the emotions of like what Evan was going through, what their family had gone through, what their family is going through and started crying. And I remember she turned around and she's like, read the room, dude. Like, cause no one was crying, but him. And it was like, and I looked at her and she was like, people need to know and feel your vibes. And if you're not sad, they cannot bring their sad onto you. Like that. She's like, they need to know, like if they walk in and you're okay with being okay, they need to suck it up and they need like, yes, it's going to be sad, but don't boohoo cry. Oh, and that made me realize like, this is very sad and people are going to ha- be able to connect with us, the ones who have kids, but also too, like, and it is hard. It's hard to be sad and to hug a mom that has just lost a child and not feel the ache and the pains that they're going through. But like, I don't want to feel those ache and, aches and pains all day long. And like, I'm okay with you not crying and I'm okay with us, you know, having those conversations, but not crying about it all the time. Like it doesn't have to be this over waterworks where there's some people who, and I'm a very emotional person, but I just feel like people need to hear that. Like you might see me and just because I'm not crying doesn't mean I'm not sad, but it doesn't mean that I need to cry about it. Like I've had five and a half years crying over the loss of Evan. And totally random, but not random, kind of on what she said. And I don't want to be rude about it. But when my mom passed, we called it the circle of grief that you can grieve and cry 
with people inside your circle. But if you are on the outside of the circle, you cannot bring grief into that inner circle. It can only go outward. So I feel like if Lauren's crying or I'm upset about something, I can talk to Lauren about it or people in our inner circle. But if you are like an outside friend or party, like you can't bring your grief and crying into us. Like that's not fair to us. Like we can take it out to you but you shouldn't be able to bring it into us. Which I'm, how we're saying that is not saying that you can't say like, sorry for a loss or anything like that. It's the don't, don't walk into our house, like just falling if we're in a good place at that time or space. Because then that's really hard for us because then we get back into that group of grief and we don't want to be there. That's the reason. I don't mean that in a rude way. So like when my mom passed, there was, a few people that came to visit and they were like overly dramatic about it. And where I was like, you cannot like come into like the grieving family's house and, like, and just be over emotional. Like you might need that. It's like, but there's a time and a place for it. You can't. And it happens like several times over several months. Whenever we saw them, it was just like dramatic, like, waterworks and it's like you know like we're in a good place we're doing family games whatever it's like don't bring your your grief into us like when we're like in a happy spot i think we talked about so so we called it the circle of grief of the onion of grief or whatever that it starts in the middle and peels out the outer layers can't affect the inner layers basically yeah we're bringing awareness. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, and I mean, from just a personal standpoint, I remember walking up to your door, you know, last week. And I remember thinking, okay, the second I see her, I, I think I'm going to fall apart, you know? And then when I realized but you were not falling apart. And mm-hmm. so if you were not falling apart, then it was not my place to fall apart either. <laughs> so, so, so you're right. I mean, that's I, a good point. I say it where like, if you would have come over and we started talking about something or sharing and you started crying first, that's <laughs> totally fine. But I feel like you can't come to our doorstep like bawling if we're having a happy moment inside. Like that's not fair to us to make us start crying because you're having a hard time. But if you're in and we're sharing and you get emotional, totally fine. Absolutely. Does that make sense? I, I think that makes perfect sense. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Because again, he was yours. He was yours. And no one, as much as, as, much as the external world, the people who are surrounding you, those other layers of the onion, want to carry that grief and this grief for you, they can't. Because he was yours. Yes. This is is something you guys get to walk through together because he was yours. Yeah. And like, because of the joy he brought and the joy he's shared and what we've learned from Evan, I think that's the reason why we're coping the way we are. Like, it does come in waves for me. I'm not like this all the time. I'm still very happy. Um, But I think it's because when I think of Evan, all I do is see his face Think about him and smile, and it's like it's a disservice too to him for me to cry about it all the time. Like he would be looking at me, going, "Mom, look, I'm fine," and he is fine. I know that he is. I know that he is perfectly healed. It's just 
those moments where you're sad of that he's not here, but I'd rather him be in heaven right now than to have to endure something that he was too tired. But I don't know. I just, I'm at peace with everything that's happened. So and what that looks like, but I just, I don't know. And clearly Ryan is going to keep you on your toes and he has lots of stories to tell. So if anybody wants a babysit, that's a, we'll take list. He's a good kid. He's just very active. And we, were, we put him on the ground because a lot of my friends have six months old, seven months old, and they're all crawling. And I'm like, Evan, or sorry, there you go, right there. Ryan um, hasn't crawled yet. And I'm, so we've had him on the ground and we were doing it. And I kept thinking, I really want him to crawl. But a part of me is like, please don't crawl just yet. <laughs> but I wanted him to attempt to crawl and put his legs underneath him. I just don't really want him to crawl. It was like that, that like, I want him to crawl because he needs to crawl and he's capable of crawling. But a part of me too, it's not because of Evan. It's just, I'm not ready yet <laughs> for him to crawl. Like I don't even compare them and like what they, and once Ryan really started holding his head up and doing certain things, Sam and I like realized, you know, Evan had it, we should have known earlier on. If we had a child before Evan, we would have known something was wrong beforehand. Um, but instead we were just listening to doctors, just kept telling us that, We'll just keep waiting and something will happen and it never did. So um, trust your mama gut, trust your gut when you think something's wrong and hope and tell those doctors to prove you wrong. So if they, you are wrong, I want, I want to be wrong. I don't want something to be wrong with my child. I want you to tell me this is right because of this. We are very blessed. We are very blessed with the community, Evan, Ryan, having each other. I couldn't imagine doing this with anybody else not that I want to say that we just we don't deserve this but like I don't Sam is my rock and though he though he thinks that I'm doing everything like it's the man behind behind the scenes who um, for instance Ryan today probably this week has been very mad when Sam leaves the room very, very vocal. Are you like very vocal? Um, for instance, I'm holding him. He's making noises. Sam's not holding him. Now he's quiet. It's been like this all week. And today he left the room and I told him, I said, leave the room. And immediately he started like hollering and screaming. And then the second Sam walked in the room, he's like, see, no sounds, right? Okay, now he does. A little bit of a slow learner. We got there. <laughs> Seven months to realize dad's cool and <laughs> But, um, but, and, but that's the joy too. It's like, Evan did all that stuff too. Whenever Evan would have a bad time with me, Sam would walk through the door from work and he would immediately like start looking for Sam. And as a mom, you're like, really? Am I chopped liver? Like I did everything for you today. And all you do is care about dad. It's always been that way. And I've, you know, I'm very grateful that my boys and Sam have this relationship where they definitely love their dad. They know who dad is. They know that it's playtime. They know dad will give them what they want and they get to hang out with dad. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Mom's top liver, but that's okay. I'll yeah. take it as I can watch it. So, <laughs> and to watch their bonds are just like Evan was definitely Sam's. And that's what we talked about yesterday. Like Evan was Sam to a T. Honoring looks, everything was. Fitting image of Sam. 
am. Brian, now Sam now knows how it feels when a child doesn't look like him. Um, he's got a little bit more brown hair like I do. He's getting blonde though. Um, but I still think that he is definitely Sam's kiddo. Like talks nonstop, which I do too. But like, I feel like he's very, very much. But I feel like he's a little bit more demanding than I am. Um, but he's, he definitely loves his dad more than. He's mom's. Looks like mom, sounds like mom, talks like mom. You say I complain a lot? <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. It's fun watching that we got to see Evan and watch Evan grow and now see Ryan grow and all the blessings, all the timing. And like I said, hopefully more siblings. Not now, but <laughs> you don't want siblings? Too bad. <laughs> That's who screams, yes. I know that people want to hear from you. Um, I think people are just finding comfort in hearing your voice. And I think they are finding comfort in knowing um, Evan a little more and on a deeper level, um, hearing the family stories. I think it's it's pretty cool that people just really want to feel like they're a part of you and a part of your life through through some of that. So, um, and I, I know from a personal standpoint, I appreciate y'all sharing him. So, because he was, like I said, he's not mine to share. He's y'all's to share. And, uh, and so, yeah, I know that I appreciate it. Well, we will continue sharing him as long as you let us because we love him and he is a part of us and will always be and we want people to know him. And yeah. that was the whole point of sharing him at six months old. We wanted people to know who Evan was. And yeah, I mean, like I said in the, the Facebook post, it has literally been an honor of our lifetime to be Evan's parents and we're hoping to still be known as Evan's parents and, and Ryan we'll still be honored and we're happy to share him and we're blessed that he's had such a big impact on our lives and a lot of people's lives that he had twice as many Facebook friends as I did and he has 10 times as many followers that I could imagine having he was very popular and we're excited to share him with everybody I love that Okay, so his birthday's in October. And then did I see somewhere that October is also um, Minky's awareness? Yep. And so we got to go big, <laughs> which is what we're going to do for the celebration too. But um, yeah. but we, so we're thinking, um, and I, I don't know if we haven't planned it yet, but I think we're going to do a blood drive for Evan and Evan's name for the month of October and um, for his birthday and for all those families to get credited who need blood transfusions, whether it's a family member or a child that's going through cancer, something that helps the family pay for that blood transfusion, it'll be credited to them. Because um, Evan needed a blood transfusion. He only needed one unit. But like, after that, people started donating in his name and we had these credits and I'm like, what do I do with these? They're gonna expire. So then that's when I realized with moms, We'll, we'll carry the bank with the credits, but I need to start dishing them out because if we don't use them, they expire after two years and they yeah. need to be used. There's so many people that need them. Um, and that's really the smallest thing that you could do is donate blood. I mean, there's no money involved with that. You don't yeah. have to think about like, well, did I give enough? Do they have, like, they need blood and people need blood to survive. So save a life, go donate. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. So are, are you saying 
that Evan only needed one blood transfusion his entire stay or his entire, entire, almost entire life. The only reason why he needed a blood transfusion was we, it was like right around diagnosis. We had gone in and he gave two of like the max amounts that you can give for that child's weight for, um, for DNA, one of them, or not DNA, for like blood work. Mm-hmm. And then one of them clotted. So they couldn't use one of the batches. So we had to go back in. This is all with, within a week. So we had to go back in. He had to give more blood. And then um, we, I believe, because of the blood, he had lost so much blood in such a short amount of time from giving, um, which needed to be given. I think that's kind of what may have triggered the seizures that happened. Mm-hmm. His body just went into overload. Maybe not, but I'm just thinking like the current events that have happened. We never had that issue before and he had turned blue. Um, so that's kind of when we went in and they checked his iron levels and they were significantly low. Um, and we had just given blood again that day for um, genetic purposes. So we had fought, they had found out that he had minkies like I think we went in like a Wednesday to give blood. We found out Monday that it was because of a lack of protein that he had. Um, And then we went in that like Wednesday to give blood to find out what his genetic disorder was. And I just think all that blood that we had taken from him. um, And then, so when we were in there before he went into his medically induced coma, they gave him a blood transfusion. Hmm. Maybe they gave him a blood transfusion while right while he was being intubated, hmm. but he only needed one, one unit. Um, so people started, my mom was one of them, started donating in the name of Evan. Um, and then it was like, what do we do with this blood? And then that's when I started getting involved with the blood Institute and through moms. And it's the easiest thing is to hook up a blood, a blood drive. I mean, they, they do everything. You just got to kind of figure out a place to do it. And find volunteers. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's definitely, if you've never given blood before, I encourage you to go give. You never know when you or a family member needs it and you would hate to be that person who doesn't give and your child needs it because you never think of it. And then you're thinking that one person didn't want, want to donate because they had something better to do or they're scared of needles. And guess what? Your child needed their, their blood type. And then where do you go from there? So I say just at least donate once in your life if you can, um, if not more. But yeah, that's kind of my heart right now is like, how do we help families? I think that's a great idea. So we're going to, that was, that was kind of our conversation last week is how do we continue to live out the joy and to give people hope and like, I mean, I know everyone's like, it's supposed to be about you right now, but it's so hard sometimes because Sam and I, have done such a great job of like trying to figure out how to connect other people because like we're not the only ones going through this we know that we have a huge community that are also grieving the loss of evan um, and i have the rest of my life to grieve about this right now it's just, it'll come in waves and i'm letting it happen i just not in a hurry to let it all just well, yeah, we you are definitely different kinds different types of parents now i mean it's just you were before, and now it's a different type of parent, even now, and uh, that transition will continue as your family grows. So, so yeah. So. We have no idea how to parent. 
<laughs> I'm not sure anybody does. And if they claim they do, <laughs> don't believe them. Well, and I said, we had no idea how to introduce foods. Oh my gosh. No idea how to entertain a baby that rolls around all over the place. I mean, he'll even just scream and it's like, I've tried to feed him. I've tried, like, he just woke up from a nap. So I don't know why he's like upset about it. We were very lucky. Evan was very content playing, watching his iPad, playing with his little toys. To you could talk to him. He would kind of squawk or talk at you, but this one just screams. Sometimes I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> I think every parent has that moment. They're like, why did we do this? But I mean, I'm so glad that we did it when we did it and we didn't wait or wait for whatever Evan was going to do. But like, we're, we're tired on a whole different level now. This has been, this has been therapeutic for me as well. And I know that was never the intent of the podcast to be therapeutic for me. Uh, <laughs> it's been good to see your faces and hear your voices and, and just to, I don't know, just to connect. So, and I know that other people will feel the same thing when they hear, hear the podcast that. They're just happy to hear your voices. So, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. I think we should also add to have people ask questions on your website. I know that with grief, a lot of people do have, and they can be anonymous. And um, but like people do have questions of how just of like what they want to know or how we're grieving and or something that we haven't haven't gotten to yet, like. I do want to answer their questions on maybe they're not that they're afraid of asking us, but don't know how or how to bring it up. I do want them to be able to ask still through the website or through you and having a voice to be able to ask that, whether we know them or they know Evan or not. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who are probably listening to this that don't even know who we are. And I've like never even seen Evan or met Evan. We are open and we are willing, um, even though that this is a very sensitive thing. And no, I, I love the idea of opening it up for, for people to ask a question. So, um, and I know that, I mean, I feel like there's lots of questions that people have uh, to try to get through it or how to serve you best or how to serve y'all best. But I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405 271 5072